Welcome to the Kelly and the Encouragers podcast with your host, Kelly Sisson, wife, mother, therapist, and hippie at heart who loves Earl Grey iced tea, deep conversations, and encouraging others. If you need a little encouragement today, you are in the right place. Thank you for joining us. Hello, thank you for joining us for today's first episode of the podcast, Kelly and the Encouragers. I am so excited to bring this podcast to you. With full transparency, though, this has been one heck of a process, to put it lightly. A lot of times when I have ideas for my business or just kind of life in general, I jump all in. I mean, all in. I am in and I don't even know what I'm doing, but I'm figuring it out as I go. For instance, I applied to one school for undergrad, one school for grad school. I often just apply for one place. I mean, I just really have this mindset that if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it and I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. That's not to say that there aren't some things that I jump into and I'm like, nope, this is not (laughs) in my lane. I need to get out of this. So I certainly have those moments as well. But when it came to the podcast, I thought, you know, this would be a really amazing way to be able to interview new people and um, be able to provide some additional encouragement in your life. So what I was really hoping for was to be able to connect you with people so that when we were meeting and we're talking, it really feels like we're sitting down together. So we're sitting around, you know, your kitchen table or we're out to coffee and you just feel like you're sitting down with friends. So that's my overall goal. I'm really excited because I have some super amazing people that I just know you're going to love that are going to encourage you in ways that you have never even thought of to open up your mind more than you've ever thought of, to push for more than you've ever wanted, um, to maybe even completely change your perspective on some things. And isn't that what life's really about? So I'm really excited about that. I'm excited to be able to essentially provide that connection. Um, But through this process, I do ask that you give us a little grace because we, as you may or may not be aware of, um, we're from a town, Jamestown, North Dakota. I'm originally from Illinois, but moved here with my husband about four and a half years ago now. Um, and so living in North Dakota is amazing for a lot of reasons. I mean, it has a big, amazing sky. It has beautiful outdoors. It's extremely flat in some areas, at least where we live. There are very few trees you can see for a really far distance. And so there's some really great perks. There are not a lot of people. Um, you have more space. You, you know, don't feel quite as congested, but it doesn't have some things that most places might have like a target or even an audio studio. So essentially what happened is I contacted a friend from high school and just said, Hey, do you know anything about editing? And luckily Joe um, was able to help me out, but essentially he helped me set up this entire studio in my office. And so the first round, I'll just be really real with you. The first round of audio, my first interview, um, that I recorded is really, really great. I think that you're really going to love, um, hearing from her, but the audio is a little sketchy. So we knew we had to go back to the drawing table and formulate a different plan. And so he has a really great setup for me now. I'm super pumped about it. I think it'll be great. Um, but the reason I share that is that this is not going to be a perfect process. I mean, I am certainly going to mess up. I am not going to be perfect. I am human. There may be times that I annoy you. I ask too many questions. I laugh too much. I, you know, maybe I don't ask the right questions that you would have wanted me to. And I'm definitely willing to hear some feedback from you. Um, But I also want to be really clear with you that I am really not going for perfect by any means. Um, I'm going for progress. And so that means progress in me, progress in you, progress in the podcast, progress in the world. And that's my overall goal. So if you're here for encouragement, if you're here for progress, if you're here for just really hearing about some really awesome things happening in the world, then you're absolutely in the right place. And I'm happy to have you with me. Thanks so much. Hello. I'm so excited for today's show. My dear friend, Amy Walker is going to be on the show. So in total transparency, Amy and I actually already recorded an entire podcast episode. (laughs) This is what happens when you first start out, right? So we already recorded one. Um, Unfortunately, I had some machine malfunction is what I will say. And so there was terrible sound quality. And if one thing that I want to do throughout this whole podcast is I really want to 
provide good quality to you. So we knew we had to go back to the drawing board. So unfortunately, Amy and I had a great conversation. I really loved it. I value that time. I'm sorry we can't share that with you. But I brought it back today. So originally I talked about friendships because Amy is a fantastic friend. But today we're going to incorporate that. But really we're going to talk more about the view of women in society today and how we can as women build up each other and really empower and support each other. Uh, so I hope you enjoyed today's show. All right, Amy, thanks for being here with us today. Thanks for having me. So I've already shared with the listeners transparency, our last <laughs> our last conversation. Unfortunately, it will not be shared with the world, but it was fantastic. Though it, was. it was. So, it was fun. Um, I do think, though, that that speaks volumes to you as a friend. So thank you so much for hanging in there with me through this process and being willing to come back. Of course. Happy so, to support you. Yeah, thank you. So today we're going to really change direction. So last time we talked a lot about friendships and you had a lot of wisdom to share. I, I loved it. Um, and so I think that this time what would be really great is we'll see kind of along the same lines, but right now there's a lot going on in our society. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of hurt. There's a lot of confusion. Um, and when this podcast comes out at that point, the decision will be made for Brett Kavanaugh if he is Supreme mm -hmm. Court or not. Yeah. Um, and so I hope, though, that although that decision will be over, the relevancy of the topic does not go away. And so I thought it would be great for us to be able to discuss not the political aspect of things, but the view of society of women and really how we as women can empower each other and move move closer or forward, I guess I would say, um, you know, in society. And so can you tell me a little bit about your perspective? Like, you know, how do you feel women are undervalued or how do you feel they're viewed in society right now? Um, well, I mean, I think that there has been progress. I think there's been movement in kind of more value and appreciation for women. Um, I still feel like there's plenty to, plenty of growing room in lots of capacities. Um, I think that there are a lot of women who are undervalued or their voices aren't necessarily respected or heard. Um, absolutely definitely absolutely I think you are very accurate in that um, and, and like we have discussed before there's just so much hurt that's going on mm -hmm. right now and so I'm hopeful that through the podcast we can provide some encouragement for women as well and, and men and children really mm -hmm. you know when it comes to this topic and being undervalued it's not just women by any means and so um, I think that will be good to be able to just you know dive into that a little bit more so how do you think that the view of women of society as a whole really can affect us on a daily basis, even if we're not always necessarily surrounded by people who have that same view. I just feel like it's, there's so many different like capacities and environments and scenarios. Mm -hmm. I mean, even thinking of, you know, I've been told that I'm, I'm kind of a strong, more independent, assertive woman, yeah. and that's not necessarily received well by certain people in society, um, or that I come across as bitchy mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, because I stand up for things or I assert myself in ways that maybe other people don't, but I think it's important for women to have a voice. I think it's important for women to stand up for one another and support one another and empower one another, and like you said, that goes for men, children, everybody, yeah. I think. We need to have a mutual respect for one another, and everybody should be, feel equal and valued. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think one thing that is a strength of yours as well is that you are really great at encouraging other women to use their voices. You know, I feel like um, a lot of times you're almost in the background with people being like, okay, you can do this, like, you know, share share your thoughts or um, even processing through different situations. Mm -hmm. Would you say that's fairly accurate I, for you? I, I believe that's an accurate yeah. assessment of me. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to like brag, but I think it's pretty accurate <laughs> for sure. So good. So how do you think that we can help men really understand, you know, the women's perspective on safety, I mean, particularly surrounding the high numbers of sexual assault, you know, one in three women, one in six men um, will experience sexual assault at some time in their life. And so obviously we don't want anyone to experience that. But when we look at the numbers, I mean, that shows us that women are two times as likely, mm -hmm. you know, to experience that. So there's two of us in here. So if we had one more person in this room, I mean, it's very possible all of us could have experienced that, but at least one of us, right? you know, would have very likely have experienced that. 
And so I'm wondering what we can do as women to help educate even the men in our lives about this topic. You know, it's interesting that you say that because even I have regular conversations with my husband about this topic and I'm actually very proud of his perspective and his stance on things because I think he has a very high respect and regard for women. Um, I think we can kind of attribute that to his own upbringing. So thanks to his mother and yeah. father for that. Um, and shout out to him. Yeah, they've instilled some good values in him for sure. Um, I think that I just, the things that I think of, I even think of like relating this to even the field that I'm in and the work that I do. And I work with just all adult males yeah. um, and how society views how a woman dresses, how she speaks to people, certain things that they view as, well, she's wearing that because she wants attention or she's saying that because she wants attention. When in all actuality, that could just be how she dresses that provides a comfort to her. She communicates how she communicates because that's just what type of person she is. So more individuality of a person rather than making assumptions that all women dress a certain way because they want attention from men or that they want these certain things that aren't necessarily accurate. Right. Absolutely. You know, if there are men listening, I would say the majority of decisions women make are not right. <laughs> because they're concerned about what a man thinks. Correct. A lot of times it's more so just wanting to feel good. Right. I was just going to say, and a lot of women I think want to just it's, and I try to reiterate that too, like dressing a certain way provides maybe some confidence or increases some self-esteem. It's not necessarily because they want male attention. It provides that internal kind of self-confidence for that woman, not because they want something else. Right. So how we, I think just having conversations and educating people on, hey, there's other perspectives or other reasons for this rather than what you just think might be. Right. reality or fact Absolutely. do you feel like that's helpful to talk <clears throat> men through that and try to almost open up their minds to different perspectives does that seem to be beneficial i do i mean there's always people that i think are not open to other perspectives or other ideas i think it's important for us to always consider taking the perspective of other people and kind of putting ourselves in their shoes and what does it feel like to go through something like this I mean men women children whatever any situation right right absolutely no. and I think people have difficulty putting themselves in other people's shoes and having that empathetic kind of response to a terrible situation or a terrible um traumatic event right absolutely you know um and I apologize, I didn't have you introduce yourself and tell, <laughs> tell about yourself because I'm okay. just like, they know you now. <laughs> but, you know, one thing too, I wonder as a therapist, I was just, you know, thinking about this the other day. I wonder if part of that when it comes to sexual assault is it's such a scary topic. And so a lot of times people don't want to even think about the fact that that's possible. And so it's hard for them to even consider what someone's experience would be because of course that wouldn't happen. Right. Like that shut down almost. Yep. And I think, like you said, that's so true. And then those conversations I feel like need to happen, even if they're uncomfortable or taboo, so to speak. Um, like I even I'm going back to where I work, but just kind of talking with the guys. I mean, even when you're in a committed relationship with somebody and there's that mutual love and respect, there might be times when you're just being playful and smacking her on the bottom or yeah. roping her in some way thinking you know that's that's my significant other I'm in a relationship with them but in some ways it might they might not want that in that moment or they might view it as disrespectful and just being open to communicating those things and hearing that input maybe if their partner is feeling uncomfortable absolutely Absolutely. I think you hit on a really key point. It's that communication aspect of mm -hmm. things. And that I think could, um, it certainly would not eliminate everything. But I think if if men and women were willing to take a step back and really discuss some of that and really hear each mm -hmm. other, that might help in a lot of those situations. I, I hear a lot of, well, well, she likes it. Well, how do you know she likes it? Have you ever asked her? You right. Know, have you ever asked her, do you, do you like it when I smack your ass? 
Sorry. That's okay. You can say ass. Are it's we? fine. Give, <laughs> we'll just claim her if you have children right now. Probably don't let her listen. No. <laughs> You're fine. No worries. But Bleep it out. <laughs> bleep it out. We'll have to bleep it out. There you go. No, it's good. You know, I think the, the reality is it's such an important conversation. And so if that means that somebody needs to just not listen to this part when their children are around, that's fine. Um, it's not a problem by any means. You know, I'm wondering, can I ask a little bit about how, you know, really consent and the increase of conversation in society, you know, how are you handling that with your children? And does that change how you parent your son or your daughter? Mm, I feel like as a parent, me, myself, speaking from my own kind of parenting and experience, I like to be very transparent with my kids um, and the importance of having those valuable conversations with people and having that mutual respect for the people in their lives. And I think if you instill those things in them, that they're going to hopefully make good choices. Um, having that open communication, having that respect. Um, and yes, I mean, as, like I said, when we're in committed relationships, sometimes I think we think we don't have to ask permission, maybe, or we don't have to consent for certain things, but out of respect for that person, I think sometimes it's it's relevant, it's Absolutely. important. Absolutely. And I'm so glad that you brought that up because I'm not sure that's something that a lot of us think about very often, but mm -hmm. that's very accurate. Um, most certainly. Can I ask, do you parent your son and your daughter differently on this topic? I probably could honestly say yes, mm -hmm. because I feel like just, again, going back to society, how gender roles are so kind of formed and enmeshed in our society I still think that I instill the same values and the yeah. same communication importance and the same um, respect component as being extremely valuable in relationships but I think that women and men are di they're also different right. they face different things Absolutely. so I think you have to kind of shift your parenting style to those gender roles and those needs that need to be addressed I guess Absolutely. No, I think that's a great perspective. Thank you for sharing that. Mm -hmm. Do you ever find that there are women in, in your life, maybe, or women you just have ran into, um, that don't really seem to get that it's an issue for maybe women to not have as much as a voice or to be degraded some? Like, maybe they don't see it quite the same way. I do. I think there's a, there's a lot of people that still have kind of maybe old school values or old school kind of things instilled in them and it's it's more instilled that I'm supposed to be home and taking care of the house and the children and doing things like that where I'm maybe less vocal or not heard as much like I said some women um viewing other women that that are more vocal and more assertive as too over I don't know what the right word is that I'm looking for but too overbearing or too straightforward right. um and maybe should be heard less right. sometimes it almost seems like women who aren't quite and this isn't I hope this does not come across as a judgment but women who aren't quite as confident in themselves often view women who are very confident as a threat yes and I think that that perspective is really dangerous and can cause a lot of difficulty because really I think that especially as women, I mean, we have to know our boundaries. Not every woman is going to be a healthy relationship with us. So by all means, but I think especially as women, you know, we know what we go through. And so I think it's really important to try to be as supportive right. as you can. And that's where I think that just as women kind of being supportive and empowering one another. I mean, when we recognize maybe somebody's a bit more quiet reserved and that's okay that's how Absolutely. that person is but kind of supporting them in building some of that confidence and being able to feel like they can vocalize things or, or feel strong in some capacity with with that support of other people surrounding them Absolutely. do you have some ideas like really tangible ways that people can make some effort if they do feel like you know, maybe a friend of theirs needs, you know, some encouragement um, to really use 
use the voice more. You know, ultimately that person makes that decision. But what are some ways that maybe we can reach out or show that support without coming across as, why aren't you speaking your mind? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I think we just need to be more, my perspective, I guess, is just being more vocal in that support, um, kind of instilling that confidence and that you appreciate and value them and kind of giving reasons why and eventually the more they hear those things the positivity and the encouragement I think that that's that's going to build confidence for somebody to maybe feel like they can be more confident and strong and assertive absolutely you know there's that parenting perspective I'm sure that you've heard it's really focusing on like speaking truth into your children Mm -hmm. and I love that perspective and I do that often with my son but I think even just for one another speaking truth into our lives Mm -hmm. you know the things that we maybe see as a strength for somebody or um, maybe we do see that they're having a bad day and we just take some time out of our day to check on them and so you know I think that is I think one of your strengths as well you know you seem to have a little bit like an intuition when people maybe need some support do you feel like that's pretty I do I feel I do feel like I have an intuitive sense to me um, and I know even thinking like reflecting on myself when I'm having bad days or I feel like I need some support I may not be the best at asking for that sometimes when I really need it um, and I know that's an area where I need to improve on because I feel like I need to just be able to handle handle it um, but I very much think that all people deserve to hear their value and their worth. And absolutely, absolutely. And it's not a perspective, though. I feel like that um, often gets really pushed on us. Is you can you need to handle everything. Yeah. You know, I uh, saw an article that was talking about how being a mother is like having two and a half full time jobs. Mm-hmm. And so, certainly, not everyone listening is a mother. And so, I will not degrade the fact that um, a full time job and just yourself is a lot. I mean, it is a lot. So when you throw on a family as well, I mean, that is, it's quite a bit. And so to think that we as humans can handle every possible thing by ourselves, it's just, it's just not realistic. It's not. But our minds tell us we should. Right. And I think that's where it it is. We feel like we should. And if you ask for support or help that you're weak, but the reality is it's okay to be weak and vulnerable. I think people just have difficulty kind of accepting that. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> this was probably, um, I don't know, I think it was probably about, a, well, about two months ago now. Um, but I had an experience without going all into it um, where I had the opportunity to share something that I had written with a group. And we were all supposed to be sharing, but everyone was really shy. So I was like, oh, I'll just, I'll just do it. You know, you know how I get sometimes I'm like, I'll just do it. I'll just like take one for the team. You really? No. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, I'll take one for the team. And so afterwards, um, you know, people are like, that was really brave. But the thing of it is, is in that moment, I didn't feel brave. I was scared to be honest. Mm -hmm. I wasn't sure what feedback I was going to get. I was like, this is so vulnerable. This is something that's near to my heart. You know, how am I going to be able to share this? But I was like, someone has to as well be me in this moment and so I think that's what's interesting is those moments where we're so vulnerable everyone else is seeing us as brave and we're seeing ourselves as scared Scared. Mm -hmm. I totally can relate to that I think yeah I'm there's times when I maybe feel insecure or Mm -hmm. I feel a little less confident and I'll maybe start something out I don't know if I'm doing this right you know and even even though to others I seem confident and I seem like I feel confident with my decisions and I know what I want to do and where I want to go in life and there's always I mean we're human there's gonna be days when I question that and I don't feel very confident and I feel vulnerable and absolutely I often will tell clients um, if they feel like everyone in their life just knows what they're doing I will say if they really told you what they were thinking the majority of people are going to have some type of doubt right that's just human nature And so although you may feel like you're the only one that's doubting yourself, probably everyone's doubting you. It's just, are you brave enough to share that doubt with somebody Mm -hmm. else? That's that's really what it's all about. And brave enough to let others see that vulnerability because we're all vulnerable. Yep, absolutely. Have you always been good at that? No. God, no. (laughs) (laughs) 
sorry. <laughs> no, no, I love the honesty. No. I love the honesty. I've not always been like that. Yeah. I've always been younger, a more kind of behind the scenes, quiet, a bit more shy, I would say. Definitely not confident. Okay. Um, I went through a phase where I went through some bullying myself too, which was, I mean, and that still sticks with me today. So, but have I grown and become more confident just with life experience and just as I get more comfortable with myself as a woman and as a human? Yeah. yeah. But I'm always growing. I'm always gaining more perspective and I think that builds confidence too. know that we have talked before but it's almost like every year of your life you know it seems to get better and better and not that it's not hard Mm -hmm. but it's just you know people really fear aging a lot of times but I feel like for me it's given me each year has given me a new opportunity to learn myself more and trust mm-hmm. myself more and honestly care a little bit less <laughs> about what others think yes. yeah and so I think that that has been super helpful do you can you think back to like what changed for you when you first started being more open and vulnerable I don't know I think it's just Knowing my life experiences and some of the the tough things that I've had to go through and knowing that I was able to come out stronger and be okay, that's just built like, hey, if I can get through that, I can get through anything. So a lot of resiliency in you for sure, for sure. And I think that really shines through too and inspires other people as well. Are you familiar with Brene Brown? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. I figured you were. I was like, yeah. I'm almost guaranteeing <laughs> that you are. You know, so she talks, um, of course, like she's a vulnerability and shame expert. If you haven't heard of Brene Brown, like go check out her research now. She has tons of books. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, she has a TED Talk that's really, she has several TED Talks by now. But um, there, yeah, she's she's really, really great. Um, and one of her books, I think it was, um, oh goodness, what is it called? Braving the Wilderness, that's what it's called. She talks about how when you go into the wilderness, it's really scary. It's really vulnerable and you don't really have anyone with you when you're going out there by yourself and you may find eventually there's other people in the wilderness but it takes you a bit to wade through it mm-hmm. do you feel like there's been times in your life you know it can be about any topic it doesn't have to necessarily be about what we were discussing earlier but that you felt like you are stepping out into the wilderness and you're not sure where you're going and you're not really sure who's with you but it's something you have to do for yourself Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> so many times so many. that I felt like Yeah, that. absolutely. Is there one that you feel comfortable sharing? Um, I think um, the biggest thing for me is when my mother got diagnosed with cancer and the type of cancer that she had, um, knowing that she had to have a pretty significant procedure. She had to have a bone marrow transplant and knowing that, you know, needing a caregiver for several months in a different state. Um, I was in grad school at the time. I was working full time. I had a family like questioning, like how am I going to support her and myself and my family and get through this? Mm -hmm. Um, So definitely felt like I had to put myself out in the wilderness and be vulnerable and and get through it. Yeah, absolutely. That is so much on your plate though. Even just thinking back now, can you still feel how you felt then? I can. Can you? It, yep. it, it was a very tough time. There was lots of days that I questioned, like, I don't know if I can, I don't know if I can make it through all of this. Um, and I felt like there were days that I was definitely in, like, autopilot or, like, I always refer to it as, like, robot mode. Like, I just did what I needed to do every day without really, like thinking or feeling a whole lot just because I just I I was in like autopilot like I felt like a robot almost like I don't know how else to describe it no absolutely that makes a lot of sense um I believe I've shared with you before and it's not my story to tell so I'm not going to go all into it but um I had a brother-in-law that we lost from cancer and so um what my husband has helped me to learn, which is so interesting because he is not someone who's super like insightful, but is that um, <laughs> although it is, was not my main story, I still have a story about it, my perception. And 
one thing for me was that I was also on autopilot. I was doing whatever I needed to do mm-hmm. for uh, my sister and for the girls and for him. And so, um, although there were so many people that were supportive, um, I almost felt so much on autopilot that I didn't even realize how long I had worked at the job I had worked at. Yeah. Looking back. Right. I was very good at taking care of everybody else and everything that needed to be done, but I wasn't really taking very good care of myself. I can look back on that now and say that, but in the moment I was just, was doing what I needed to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. So after, you know, you went through that, was there a time then where you were able to really reflect more and get some rest after you guys got through some of that? Because that's such a hard thing. I do. I think, um... There was, you know, some other stressors happening at that moment, too, um, that just, as you're able to kind of reflect back and, like, even asking myself, oh, my God, I don't know, how did you do that? Like, um, but being able to have some open communication with, like, those loved ones and acknowledging those who were there to support you and thanking them for kind of being that support during that time and acknowledging that. You did notice and you did appreciate it. Right. No, absolutely. I think that's that's definitely a big a big portion of it. You know, really though, when you look back, do you kind of think I'm kind of a badass? <laughs> like seriously, you really are. I don't know if I feel like that. Really? But it was yeah. I, I mean, there's many days that I'm I do think, how did you get through that? Like proud of myself for being able to stick it out and do that. Right. Definitely. Right. And I think that's just Knowing that you can get through difficult times and come out stronger and just a better human, I think, builds confidence. Yeah, no, absolutely. I would agree with that. You know, we certainly um, don't ever wish any situations like that to ever happen in life by any means, Um, just like we talked earlier. But I do think that if we can hold on to some of those outcomes... It can be really life-changing, mm-hmm. truly. So that's great. So how did you, you mentioned, you know, you had some people that were really supportive for you. So how did you find those people? Like during that time or just in general? In general. Uh, I think it's just people who have kind of sometimes expectedly entered my life and unexpectedly entered my life and mm-hmm. people that... I just feel are truly like good, genuine humans Mm -hmm. and I love to be around them and I know that they have my back no matter what. Yep, absolutely. So what about somebody who doesn't have someone in their life right now that they feel is really genuine and that does have their back? How would they be able to maybe differentiate between new people they would meet if this is somebody that's really supportive for them or if it's someone who maybe isn't the most healthy? Oh, that's tough because I feel like every individual in every individual situation is different. But I think you know when that person is a good, healthy, positive support for you. You know that in times of difficulty, in times of need, they're going to be there. Mm-hmm. They're going to ask what they can do to help you. They're going to ask what they can do to support you. And they truly mean it. Right. Um, I think that's the biggest thing. Just you know those people that are going to be there no matter what and have your back and lift you up and provide support and positive encouragement. Absolutely. Do you think sometimes that, depending obviously, because like you say, each situation is so different, but sometimes we need to model the relationships that we're we're hopeful to get and like... uh, if we're wanting people that are really good and supportive for us and healthy relationships, I almost feel like we have to be able to offer that to someone else as well. I think that's hugely impactful. I think in all aspects of life and all avenues, we need to be role models and influential, positively influential towards other people. Because I think that's, I mean, the things, the positive things that I see in others makes me want to strive to be that too, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think, that's healthy. Yeah. That's, yep, there's so many good qualities that people have that I think are of benefit and we can always kind of learn from other people and grow from other people. And we do that by seeing, observing and 
seeing how they speak to people, seeing how they support people, seeing the things that they do and emulating those things. Right, right. No, absolutely. So what would you say to somebody if they have really unsupportive people in their life? Like how would they, especially like um, relationships with other women, how do you navigate through that and maybe set up some appropriate boundaries? I think, I guess the biggest thing for me would be encouraging those women to step out into the wilderness and sometimes during those in uncomfortable moments. Those are the times when you might find the most support unexpectedly in somebody. Um, you know, whether it be family or friends or seeking maybe a support group that provides some comfort or some support in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, I think identifying and recognizing when people are negative in your life and, and learning to be able to healthy healthily detach yourself from them and knowing right. that they're maybe causing more stress and bringing you down rather than lifting you up. Just knowing which people lift you up rather than bring you down. Absolutely. You know, there's, um, we may have talked about this before, but there is that view, I think we may have, but the listeners <laughs> haven't heard it, so we're going to go back over it. <laughs> but there's a theory as far as like um, energy giving, energy sucking, yes. and then neutral. Um, and that, I think, is such a healthy perspective. So what? how do you leave feeling that person? Do you feel refreshed and energized? Because there's people like you that I sit down with, and I'm like, okay, like I feel you know really great. Um, even with really, really hard conversations, mm-hmm. even with those vulnerable moments. There's other people you may talk to, and they just take so much energy. You leave thinking, like, oh, I am just exhausted. Yes. You know, I can't spend another moment with this person and there's people that don't really affect you one way or the yeah, other you feel kind of neutral when you're right them. absolutely i actually just watched that video yesterday. oh did you it's oh my funny gosh. that you yeah. Say yeah. That. yeah yeah absolutely you know and i i really do i hadn't necessarily heard of it exactly like that you know i've heard of some theories like that um but i think that's such a good way to gauge people it like it's a really you know it's a simplified version of it, you know, because how you feel the energy you're getting from somebody, I'm not sound all hippie-ish, but the energy that you're getting from somebody, there's a reason you're getting that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think if we can start trusting ourselves, that's really beneficial. I agree. I agree. And that's where, yeah, I think people need to put themselves in the wilderness, be willing to find those people that lift you up and make leave, you leave the conversation feeling positive and empowered and ready to take on the day absolutely and i hope everybody can find those people that tribe so to speak the good vibe tribe yeah absolutely (laughs) absolutely exactly you know and i'm certainly hopeful for people too um i am hopeful as well if there's someone listening that's feeling really discouraged about not being surrounded by a really great group of friends that they keep trying and keep putting themselves out because that's really the only way that you will be able to meet someone and to also i think um even when you're not just looking for friendships, but if you're, you know, starting a new project, like look around you, like who has those skills, you know, who would be a really great person to come alongside you? Um, and, and who might you have never thought you would ever want to be friends with, but they just seem kind of interesting. Like, why not? I mean, what's the worst thing that can happen if you ask them to go for coffee someday? Right. They say no. Okay. Right. You try. Try, try again. Yeah, you know. With somebody else. Exactly, exactly. At some point, you're going to find somebody that you really connect right. with. I and think, I think those people enter, like I said, enter our lives unexpectedly, too. I mean, you might not be searching for that support person or that positive mm-hmm. friend, but they just come into your life for a reason. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it's good to never shut yourself down. Like, you know, my husband, it's just funny. He'd be like, I think I just kind of have enough friends. I'm like, oh, but there might be someone out there that you'll meet and you'll really, uh, you know, I don't know. And so I am definitely someone I'm like, you know, I'm always going to keep that window open because I would never turn down a really great relationship with mm-hmm. anyone um, just because I have other great relationships too, you know? Yeah. I mean, even... Even if, like, maybe you're a homebody and it's hard to put yourself out in social situations, but maybe encouraging yourself or talking yourself into signing up for an activity you wouldn't normally do or a class that you wouldn't normally take. You you never know who you might meet in in a situation like that, and that could be somebody, a blessing, a blessing in disguise. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, you know, I think you can even just be, like, 
not that you would you know meet someone in the grocery store it's not like a hallmark movie here but you know i do think that you can have like small interactions like that that can be extremely powerful for your life mm-hmm. and so um, i would hate for anyone to you know discredit or discount themselves from finding a friend in just like the weirdest situations ever right. you know so absolutely i think that'd be really help you know helpful for people so when we're looking at you know, we've talked a little bit about how women can help encourage other women and how, you know, we can inspire and, you know, continue to just really be there for one another. When we flip that on the flip side of things and we're looking at men, this part's a little trickier. If we're not surrounded with men that are super amazing or maybe have really clear perspectives on their view towards women, how can we help them? I think the biggest thing that I think just overarching all of this and that can help is just having constant conversations, constant communication, constant awareness of things because, and perspective taking Mm -hmm. both, both males and females. I think we need to be more open to taking the perspective of the other gender and how certain things make us feel. And that's, that's the biggest place to start. I feel like. Absolutely. I think you're very right with that. I often tell people that I'm a firm believer that we can have good relationships with people that we don't agree with at all. Right. And I use my marriage as an example because I love my husband, um, but we do not agree on a lot. We really don't. Um, We have some really great conversations and uh, I do feel like both of us, you know, really take a a look, Mm -hmm. you know, good look at the other person's perspective and certainly give when necessary. Um, But I think only surrounding yourself with people that have the same opinion as you is really dangerous. I agree. And I can totally relate. I have men in my life that have very different perspectives and views on things Mm -hmm. and that's okay. And I even think of that work life, personal life, home life. Um, It's healthy to have differing perspectives Mm -hmm. Um, and it's healthy to have those conversations and be able to have open conversations about that because who knows, even though I disagree with something my husband agrees with, there might be something that he tells me that I've never thought of. Right. And I open my mind to, huh, never thought of that before. It does kind of make sense. Yeah, know? absolutely. You know, I think we um, look at life from like our own lens. And so when we, you know, based on our own life experiences. And um, so I think when we can look through it, a different lens, that's really beneficial and super helpful. You know, one thing I keep thinking too is, you know, how can men help with other men? That's one part I think that we often miss too, uh, because I have been so impressed, you know, um, with men that are in my life that have been really supportive of women. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that I've always been able to not acknowledge it, but actually like see it as much. I think that they're being much more vocal now. And I think that's awesome. But I'm also thinking, you know, how can they help other men? And one of the things my mind jumps to is even just something as simple as you hear that one of your friends makes some joke. That's like totally crude, you know, even stepping in in those moments, even if you're not the cool, funny guy, you know, um, Or if somebody speaks poorly about your girlfriend or your wife or your mother or their mother, you know, trying to set up those boundaries. Because I think men have an advantage over pointing that out versus women pointing it out. I think it's awesome that you said that because I think that's where some of a barrier lies. Because I think for the sense of maybe fitting in with other males or not kind of creating conflict in some way that a lot of times people just go with the flow, not realizing it's at the detriment of somebody. Yeah. And it's important for somebody to maybe, yeah, be assertive or stand up and say, Hey, you know, that's somebody that I love that you're talking about or somebody that I care about that you're talking about. I'd appreciate it if you would have more respect. Right. Absolutely. You know, it almost makes me think as far as like racism as well. I had a conversation with um, somebody the other day in my personal life, and they mentioned this theory of with everything going on in the news, they feel like it's not all men, but it's most. And so when I really got to thinking about that, you know, I obviously, you know, I have no idea what it feels like to be any other race than I am by any means. And I will never pretend that ever. But I could imagine if we flip that and we even think, 
okay, not all white people are racist, but most, you know, like that really changes your perspective and your view on things. And so I think that even just on a race level, if we see that something has happened, we have, we do have a privilege and we have the ability Mm -hmm. to say something that maybe somebody else in a minority might not be able to. And I think it's the same type of situation. No, I'm not comparing the two very different, but I do think as far as men speaking up for women, I do think that that can be really helpful as well because they have a different privilege than we have because a woman might be told that she's being too forward or she's being, let's just call it like it is a bitch. Um, and a man might be really respected for being strong in his opinion. Yes. Agreed. Or confident. And that's somebody yep. we want running this company. Right. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. So women often get suppressed and <laughs> lifted up, you know, it's, yeah. but we're making progress. Do you feel like we're making progress in society? I do. Yeah. And I think I said that in the beginning, I think there's been a lot of progress and a lot of things that make me proud mm-hmm. to see yep. and witness kind of in my own life. I think there's a lot of growing yet to do. Yep. Um, you know, I think too, but when there's really like almost like a huge reckoning coming, there's a whole bunch of uh, dysfunction mm-hmm. and it feels like we're in this dysfunction and pretty soon something major is going to change and it's almost felt like it's been increasing mm-hmm. probably over I don't know maybe the last year especially um, and so I'm really interested to see like six months from now a year from now if we can still keep some of these really open honest communication you know and topics um, it'll be interesting to see just on a day-to-day basis the impact we can have Mm -hmm. because I think people get really bent out of shape about wanting to be on social media and throwing out all these things and every now and again I get really angry too and I want to do that but is that beneficial or can we make more of an impact on a daily basis I think more I think social media can be a very bad a very good and a very bad tool Mm -hmm. because yes I mean people are free to express their opinions but sometimes people express their opinions not realizing the hurt that they're causing to people that are reading that. Right. Um, yeah. I find myself getting very cautious about what I post and kind of respecting viewpoints of all people, trying to anyway. Right. Um, and I also find myself scrolling through things and reading comments, and I'm just furious with yep. <laughs> some of the things I read. But, but I mean... What is the point in kind of fueling some of those conversations Absolutely. if it's going to go in a negative direction rather than something influential or positive or maybe recognizing they may not understand right. that side of it yep. ever. Yep. And that just may be where they're at. And so I think at some point you have to decide, are you going to continue to talk to a wall or are you going to go down the street and talk to someone who might really hear you mm-hmm. out on I think the thing about, you know, I talk a lot with clients and about like rage and anger and, you know, I don't always think it's a bad thing. I mean, I'm not saying that we should be out there and like, you know, hurting other people by any means or breaking stuff, but I also think that it's really with any emotions, what you're doing with it. Mm -hmm. So if you can use that rage and that anger and that frustration to set up better boundaries for yourself, to speak your truth more, you know, I think that can be really influential and powerful. Absolutely. It's just a matter of how you come across. I think the biggest piece of that is just how we do it, how we go about it. Are you doing it for the sake of hurting other people and not caring? Or are you doing it for the purpose of educating and helping others understand other sides of things? Yep, absolutely. You know, and if I can throw um, one more thing out there, too, with everything that's been happening, so many brave men and women and children have really come forward with their own stories of assault and I think that one I think that that is really amazing and just super impactful that people are willing to allow their story to be known and heard but I also want to really encourage people to not feel obligated to share their story and I feel like I'm seeing a lot of that feeling obligated to Mm -hmm. But the reality is sometimes that that will help. And if it helps you, that's the most important thing. But I just don't want anyone to feel pressured to share something like that. I think it's important for people to do something like that when they feel ready. When they feel safe and comfortable enough to do so. And I think it's important for people to recognize that talking about something traumatic like that brings up a lot of difficulty for the person that's doing it. And I think we lose sight of how difficult kind of reliving that experience is for the individual sharing that. Yeah, no, 
absolutely. Absolutely. If we can have a lot of compassion and empathy yes. for people, that will go a long way in this world. Even if it was 30 years ago. Right. 20 years ago. No. It doesn't matter. No. It still you know, impacts that person in absolutely. a very big way. I have people that I work with that are almost in their 90s and had a trauma happen when they were in their teens. And it hurts the same today as it did then. Right. It just it, that frustrates me when I want it happened thirty years ago. They should be over it by now. You know that'd be nice. <laughs> Wouldn't that be cool if that's how trauma works? We could right. just get over it. Just but get over it. It's just not how it works. Um, but I think in some ways, too, the more that we can educate people about trauma, mm-hmm. more beneficial that will be for sure. For sure. So in wrapping this up, you know, I have some questions that I'm going to be asking everyone. And um, one of these, you may have answered at your last, <laughs> but I'm going to switch it a little bit. Okay. Um, who sticks out in your mind as your biggest encourager for empowering women to use, you know, to use their voice, to speak up for themselves, to encourage other women? Has there been, you know, anyone in your life that has been just really influential in that? I think... For me, probably the most influential female um, right now that comes to mind is my sister. Um, I feel like she also has been through a lot and she has overcome a lot of things and it's created a beautiful, strong person. Absolutely. Um, And I feel like we have very much been huge supports of one another and, and... that's speaking to this whole conversation, just that empowerment of women and supporting women, even if you disagree, even yeah. if it's difficult for you to support them. Yeah. Um, just always being there. And she has definitely been somebody in my life who I can say that has been true in all aspects. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. Can you... You know, just throw out there, if you had, you know, just biggest encourager in general, I may be able to guess this, but who would you say just in life in general? (sighs) Definitely my husband. Mm -hmm. Um, He's been very supportive and encouraging through a lot in my life, so huge kudos. Shout out, Kevin. (laughs) Yay! Yay, Kevin! (laughs) Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. He's a good guy, that's for sure, so I'm glad. I can always, I, I always know that I have. He is, and I say this on a regular basis. He is my rock. He is, I tend to be a very emotionally driven person and I allow my emotions to get the best of me. Um, and he is kind of my, my balance, my kind of person of reason (laughs) to kind of help me be more reasonable on things. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's great. So let's say someone's listening to this conversation and, um, they wanted to make some connection with you, would you be okay with people um, contacting me and me connecting them with you? Yeah, or is absolutely. there another way that you would want them? Is that yeah, probably the best totally way? Totally cool. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Sure. All right. Well, thank you so much for talking with me for the second time. Maybe you can come back again. What do you think? I would totally do Awesome. That. Well, thank you so Thanks much. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. for listening to Kelly and the Encouragers podcast. For all things related to this episode, please go to www.kellysisson.com backslash podcast, where you can find transcript from today's show and links for today's guest. A special thank you to our producer, Joe Burkett, and our assistant, Carrie, who both helped to make this podcast possible. See you next week for another episode.